Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Well, hello and welcome to episode 28 of Yarns from the Plain. How are you? It's been a very weird week here in the UK. Um, If you've watched any international news at all, you kind of fail to see um, that there has been a lot of rioting and looting, particularly the early part of the week. Um, It's very, very bizarre. Um, I'm not, I'm used to rioting for a purpose. (laughs) I'm not condoning it. but the race riots in the 1980s and uh, indeed in the, there were some in the 90s had a purpose they were expressing the unhappiness of people in mainly our inner city areas or in towns with a high racial divide um, of their unhappiness the way that their community was either policed or the way their community was developing but this wasn't that at all. Um, the initial riot was possibly sparked in response to a peaceful protest by a family of a man who'd been shot by police that had marched on a police station with the intent of meeting um, a senior policeman or policewoman, had failed in that to do so and had gone away again. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I don't think it was that, really. I mean, the, the initial one may have been, but certainly not spreading to all the other cities around the country. Um, spreading from Tottenham in London through to other areas of London, through to Manchester, Birmingham, Liverpool, Leeds, Gloucester. Gloucester? You know, Nottingham, all these places. They, that, I don't think, was linked to that. I think this was out and out. We're bored. Let's go out. Let's wreck things. Let's steal things. So for the first part of the week, I'm afraid to say I didn't sit and do a great deal of knitting, didn't sit and do a great deal of schoolwork. I sat in horror watching the news coverage and bemoaning the state of the nation, particularly more so when they started to have 24-hour magistrates court sitting to deal with it. And the first person in hybrid magistrate court was a learning mentor who worked in a primary school in London. It's hard enough to find male Afro-Caribbean role models for children as it is let alone for one then who is employed meaningfully Speaking supposed to uh, from my understanding of what learning mentors do they are, uh, are attempting to remove the learning barriers and therefore help children access education easier setting such a lovely example um, so it's it's been a funny old week um, but you know we we soldier on and uh, I was delighted to see when I went and checked the listeners map because we do have a listeners map and I in the last three episodes forgot to remind you of its existence Um, but I went to go and put myself on Caithness Craft Collective's listener map and checked out mine at the same time to realise that we have a real cluster of people poked in the map for the States and for Britain a smattering of some in Europe Um, I think there's I've just noticed that there's somebody now um, in France, so that's Karen Dippity. Hello, you weren't there last week. Um, and we've now got two people in um, Australia listed because when 
you know, the last time I looked before last week, there wasn't anybody. Last week I looked and there was Muffin, Megan and me. And then this week um, I've looked and of course I've just managed to zoom in on Carendipity and actually lost sight of Australia. Um, let me just scroll down. Bear with. Bear with. Can you even tell I'm watching Miranda on repeat? Um, and we now have um, Sue Flynn as well. Both of those ladies are in Victoria. Uh, the state of Victoria in Australia, so that's absolutely wonderful. We've got about 79 entries on the map, but you you do make me laugh because you do do exactly the same thing as I do. Um, there, there's some of you who have got three or four pins in exactly the same place with exactly the same name. So I know you've done exactly what I've done on other maps, which is you've you've pressed the button and gone. Well, where am I? What have I done? Is that right? I'll do it again. And entered yourself again. So. Um, I don't actually have 79 different people on my map. Um, I have 79 pins, but uh, it's delightful to see it. But I want to know where are the rest of you? Now, I know that sounds very demanding of me, but I was looking through my listener stats last week, and, you know, I had a listener download an episode from Kazakhstan. Hello. This is Northwich calling Kazakhstan. Hello. Come put yourself on my listener's map. I want to see where you're listening from. I don't know much about Kazakhstan at all. And I want to sort of see where you are. Um, and China. Hello, China. Put yourselves on my map, love. Go on. And South Korea and Japan. I've got lots of listeners. I've got an awful lot of listeners in China, actually. But only for two episodes. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about what it is about episode 11, that's called Upcoming, and episode 14 which is, let's go on with the show. Now, I know what that one is. That was, <clears throat> off the top of my head, episode 14 was about last year's Tame Show. And last week, looking for for the last 30 days, um, the download episodes for all of the episodes before the, the three monster episodes last week were all chugging it around about... You know, somewhere between 18 and 20 episodes per month. Apart from episode 11 and episode 14, both of which had more like, you know, 120 downloads in the previous month. Um, and they were predominantly to China. And all different ISP addresses. So it's not just one, you know, computer that's downloading them all and, you know... I don't know, targeting me and my email address for interesting ads. This, uh, these appear to be genuine listeners. So I'm intrigued as to what it is about episode 11 and episode 14 that's so intriguing to my Chinese listeners. And, you know, come and put yourselves on my map. Come and say hello. It's uh, lovely that this is a global community. And uh, I hope that now we've got the sound editing sorted out, you can actually hear me properly and understand me. So, aside from staring a gog at the television, what have I been doing in this last week? Well, I finished the sideways beanie that I was talking to you last week about. I attempted the feather and fan. I wanted to do two repeats of feather and fan as a hat brim. So I tried it, first of all, with a 7mm needle, which is what I knit the hat in. Did one repeat of it, tried it on, and it was almost down over my eyes. So I thought, well, that's obviously too big. So I ripped that back. Did it again with a 6mm needle, and actually cast it off. Tried it on, and with two repeats of the feather and fan, it was still over the bridge of my nose. 
so I still couldn't see. So at that point I gave it up as a bad job, picked that all out and then re-knit the band as just a moss stitch hat band and actually I think it probably works a lot better. Um, beanies don't normally suit me but I'm quite pleased with this one. Um, so I'll put a photo up with the, the show notes and the links up to the Ravelry um, details but I'm quite pleased with that. And then thank you all for your advice regarding which of my works in progress I should cast on uh, or carry on with and I decided that um, a lot of you suggested the mitten because it would be quick to do and you're right I cast it on on the second mitten on on Monday um, today's Sunday and I've started the decreases for um, coming down to the top of the mitten so provided I get all my holiday jobs done today all my holiday prep jobs you know, the final tidying, the final washing, all that kind of stuff, packing, then I'm hoping to finish that mitten today. And maybe even manage to soak it and then leave it a block over the, over the hollies. It'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Uh, and then I can decide whether I'm going to put a lining in it or not, because I can't decide whether I'm going to or not. Um, Louise from Caithness Craft Collective also suggested that maybe it was time to embrace the frog. And, you know, I think she might be right. I think there's maybe a few things in that pile of um, whips that maybe they just need to be pulled because I've made mistakes on them. And it's all very well casting on the wrong number of um, rib stitches and then fudging it. But then two years down the line, if you know that you cast on the wrong number and fudged it, but you didn't write down what the fudge was, you're not necessarily going to get a matching other part are you so maybe it's time to embrace the frog and actually when I was just rooting about um, upstairs for what was I rooting about for hmm. gone in the yarn boxes for something oh it was to find the the bag with the mittens in um, in the the um, UFO box um, I actually found I'm embarrassed to say another three um, works in progress, two of which are definitely going to get frogged because um, it, one was the cast on to the um, what what is now called the Great British Vest, um, and I know I got that wrong because I managed to cast on the wrong number of stitches even though I counted them three times, and um, a jacket that I was going to make from Nitty, um, one of the Nitty Spin ones that was going to use my Muppet inspired handspun for the cuffs, so. Again, that was kind of mucking about with different size needles for swatching, but you know me, if I'm swatching for a jumper, then what I do is I tend to do an uber swatch that turns into the sleeves. So I think, again, pull all that out, start again with those at a point where I can concentrate on them properly. Um, the other was a complex sock, but I'm quite pleased with how that's going. I've only done the toe of it, but I'm going to stick with that. That's, again, um, something from Nick Camp. But those three things never even made it onto the... Um, Ravelry list. Plus, I actually realised afterwards that I'd done that at 11 and I also had um, the sock that I cast on in almost near ecstasy at Fibre Flurry from the Easy Knits in that lovely carousel colourway. So, it, I obviously was having sort of a surge of, of trying to use things up um, and didn't even put them on my Ravelry queue. So, definitely go to Embrace the Frog. I doubt I'm going to do any frogging today. Um, because I do have, like I say, a big list of pre-holiday jobs of which this 
shouldn't really be as high a priority as I've given it. Um, sorry, guys, but, you know, I actually have some school stuff that needs to be done before I go away because other people need it uh, on a deadline that occurs whilst I'm on holiday. Um, but I've taken advantage of the fact that my hubby is still asleep and uh, decided I'm going to quick a, sneak a quick one in so that you don't feel that I have, again, disappeared off into the ether. So this is probably going to be a quickish one, possibly accompanied by bizarre cat noises, because just as I started, Stella hurled herself out of a chair, careered through the door like the motorcycle wall of death and up the stairs. Now, bear in mind, she's a very small cat. She makes an awful lot of noise when she goes up the stairs and was yowling at the top of the stairs. She doesn't really meow, but this was a definite plaintive wow. So I don't know what that was all about. But uh, if you do hear any bizarre cat noises, um, that's obviously Stella having a funny five moments. So sorry about that. Anyway, on to the next section. I'm going to do a little review here. Now, this is a very old thing that I'm reviewing. I mean, well, not very old. But I'm certainly, I don't suppose, the first person to review it. Certainly not, per not the first person to mention it on a podcast. But I wondered if there were any of you out there like me that forget about Nitty. Now, I know that sounds like a bizarre thing. How can you possibly forget about Nitty? It's the longest-running online knitting magazine. But I actually forget to go and look for it. I'm not signed up on the um, feeder to get the indication of when the new issue comes in, so I forget about it. And then I suddenly see if something catches on on Ravelry, and lots of people seem to be um, casting it on. I have a look at it, and, and then think, oh gosh, yeah, the new nitty's out. So this nitty is the first fall issue, which is a very odd concept. Um, but as Amy Singer actually says in her little editorial, welcome. Um, there is no th such thing as first fall on the calendar, uh, and th they've made it up because it's this idea of filling the gap between summer knitting and fall knitting and easing the transition into each other. Um, so the idea of first fall is to give people something enjoyable to knit when the days are still warm, but the nights are starting to get a little bit cool. And, you know, you know that's an indication that the cooler weather can't be far off. And gives a little head start and um, also includes a few little bits and bobs that might go very well as Christmas parts. Now, what I've also done this time, which I know, again, I mean, how sacrilegious is this? I actually read some of the columns. Now, I've never really read the columns before, um, but Donna Dracunas, I think her name is, has actually got her first column on ethnic knitting in here, and it was really interesting. It was about Bosnian socks. And she, like Franklin Habit's column, has a little bit of information about a specific to uh, topic and then a companion project to go with it. So that looks really interesting. Um, so, you know, I thought, oh, maybe there are other people who are dozy as me. Maybe you're not, actually. Maybe you're all on the ball and you're not sort of twaddling along in your own you know, parallel universe to everybody else is the way I seem to. But never mind. Anyway, I thought, well, let's have a quick look here at the first fall edition of Nitty Spin. Uh, or oh, Nitty and Nitty Spin, in fact, because I love Nitty Spin too. Um, so, I had a little look, and the front page, the front um, cover, really, if you like, or the, the entry page of this edition, this first fall 2011, is actually a Stephen West scarf. Now, it's it's got everything that's signature about 
Stephen West does in it, it uses a really nice, luscious yarn that's got, you know, nice hand-dyed elements to it. Plus it's got a nice striking but simple pattern. So it's literally a chevron zigzag. But instead of it being a shawl, it's a scarf. So it would suit men really, really well. Now what I really like about this pattern is that halfway through the chevron pattern which is done in stocking stitch he's actually got a garter stitch zigzag in the middle of it to provide a bit of textual interest and the colours he's used he's used a darker colour for the edging and that bit um, and the, the edging either side so it looks really effective the colours inside I actually thought were all one sock but they're actually three toning hand dyes in these sort of gorgeous golden browns copperies really sort of autumny feel so it, it looks really nice um, but you could possibly get a similar effect if you just used one semi-solid yarn and then a different colour for the edge so I don't know it, it, but it's really nice I really like it now what else have we got so that's on the front page let's have a look at the pattern that's called Creek Bed, by the way, and uh, it's by Stephen West. Then let's, I've got a little look at the icons here. So we've got Dunes, which is um, a lacy shawl, and that's a knitty spin um, pattern. So that, you know, gives you indication of how you could spin up um, some yarn for that. Rhodian, which is another scarf, lacy scarf effect. Kusk, which is another knitty spin. Let's have a look at this one. This is single ply lace um, and this spinner wanted to make a skein of her own of single ply lace but she only had the patience for about 300 yards of the super thin pink stuff but she said it was just the right amount for a lacy Estonian inspired cowl and dipping the finished yarn alternately between hot and cold baths during setting made, in, made sure it would all stay together so there you go so there's a little bit of advice for people spinning singles I've never knit with spingles well hey I've never knit with singles I've never knit with any of my hands but let's you know be honest here I make it and admire it but don't actually knit with it yet um, but that's always been my worry about a single ply but obviously if she's dipping it in the hot and the cold baths when she's trying to set the yarn, then that will stop it perhaps unravelling. Um, so she spun it on a drop spindle, and it's um, classed as a, oh, it's a the yarn she used. She used 220 yards of a single ply yarn that was 22 wraps per inch, which is thin. It's thin, 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 thin. I don't think I've ever actually made anything that thin. Um, but what they're suggesting is an alternative for commercial yarn is, a ma is Malabrigo lace um, where you get uh, 470 yards for 50 grams so that is quite thin isn't it So, but it's very pretty, it's very open lacy cowl um, so I could, yeah, I could see that would work quite nicely actually um, I'm trying to think of any of my yarns that I've spun would work for that and possibly not because they're too colourful um, there's too many different colours in it and lace I find with too many different colours you kind of lose the, the lace pattern don't you uh, but that's rather nice for those of you who are spinning really thin stuff um, then we've got um, a nice these are these little cuffs they're called um, pretty twisted 
and it's a pattern for using up sort of the last bits of sock weight yarn, really nice sock weight yarn, um, to to use them up um, for something meaningful. So these are worked in linen stitch, which is a stitch I've not done actually, but I think works effectively. And they're they're oh they're not wristless; they are actually bracelets, and she's knit them in linen stitch and then put really attractive buttons on them so it's a real feature actually they look really nice these sort of cuffs more than bracelets really but ooh, ooh, they're really nice and of course you know you can alter your width depending on how much you have oh I do oh I like those those are nice so Linen stitch, if you're not familiar with it, it does basically make it look like it's been woven. Um, but it is not, it's a knitted one. Um, then we've got Darin, which is a short sleeve um, opened cardigan. It doesn't have any buttons, but it has a tie belt, so it's quite long line. So you just slip it on over everything else when you're layering everything. Um, so it flares out slightly over your hips. Uh, nice deep v-neck, little short dolman sleeves. Um, so that's rather nice actually, very simple, very similar to some of the things that you'd find in the shop. So it's very fashion, it's not fashion forward is it the phrase I'm looking for, but it's very on the ball fashion wise. So that's rather nice, it's knit up here in grey. That's by Laura Chow, who is um, Cosmic Pluto, isn't she, Laura Chow. Um, and then this is my absolute favourite garment in here. Um, it's called Undercurrent. It's by Lisa Kay and it is a cardigan. It's a hooded cardigan, although maybe I don't want a hoodie given, you know, everything this week. <laughs> um, but it is, it's just, it's got, it's my name all over it because it is stripes of Noro Silk Garden. So, I just how beautiful you know me you know me with the thin narrow stripes from two different balls of yarn absolutely love it can't go wrong with it so this is um very simple short ish cardigan let's see where it finishes it's hard to tell in that picture because she's leaning over on a kid's scooter um oh just above the pockets on your jeans if your jeans come to the right space on your waist if you know what I mean um, it's got a hood so it's knit in different parts so the back doesn't match the front so you have to you know make sure that you don't get in a stress about that you you have to accept if you're knitting stripy noro in different sections that you're going to seam together that the stripes are not going to match not colour wise anyway you could obviously you're matching them up so that they look that they're lined up but they're not matched together you know you can't you've got to give that up you just got to go with it. But it's gorgeous. It's button front, eight or nine buttons at the front. And like I say, a big hood that's actually knit as integral part of the, the sweater. It's not actually um, done as an afterthought and sewn on. So, uh, you know, it's really appealing. I really like it. So it's called Undercurrent by Lisa Kay. And it's a stripy Noro cardigan, hooded cardigan. Just love it. Absolutely love it. I just keep drooling it. There's one that I keep coming back to look at. Um, there are a number of sock patterns, as you'd expect. Um, so, a nice one called Gratitude um, by Brenda Patipa. 
and it's it's got a, a really nice pattern that's you know when you look at a pattern and you think I, I kind of recognize that lace motif but I can't think quite where it sort of puts me a little bit in mind of the potomatomus potomat oh, I can't say it the potomat those socks from cookie um but it's not the same as that but there's something about the the swirliness of the pattern that kind of reminds me of that um but they're rather nice they're sort of a, a bit more of a challenging sock knit you know if you want something that's not just a, a plain old sock um then there's a gorgeous pair here with a, a cable that goes up the outside of your foot and your calf so if you imagine um starting at the base of your fourth toe i would say um there's a cable that snakes up these socks and it's not an even cable so it doesn't look like a rope it's kind of it travels from side to side and some bits they um are one stitch apart the two ropes if you like and then cross over do they actually cross oh maybe they don't cross actually on closer inspection possibly they don't cross um, and then at other points they widen apart and then come together again so it's visually really interesting um, and because it's only got the one little bit of raised cable that travels from side to side it probably would fit in a shoe rather nicely um, I I rather like this um, and in fact I think she has knit this with her handspun. Yes, she has. She's knit this with a handspun on a Louis S10. Um, so it's handspun sock. But again, they're suggesting as an alternative um, any regular full ply. Um, the old 75% superwash, 25% polyamide. That should fit nicely. Um, but yeah, oh, those are really nice. I like those. And they these travelling cables, they kind of squiggle up actually. They're quite free form and random which I rather like they go right the way up to the um, to the cuff of the sock so let's have a look it's knitted um, top down with a heel flap so that's still my favorite sock construction um, I just really like the the heel, heel flap it seems to fit my foot I've got a bit of a high arch so it fits nicely so I rather like that that's rather appealing I could see me making those ones actually um, you know when I go back to making the socks because it's not like I'm making loads of them at the minute is it um, and then there's one called lingerie which has a very lacy leaf pattern in it very delicate and then gorgeous ones here called double helix but the helix is spelled h-e-e-l-i-x and they are socks that are made let's have a look at the front it's hard to see the front um, ha, here we are right so it's made with two colors of yarn and the leg on one and the foot on the other are one color and the foot and the leg are the other colour. So if you imagine, um, this lady's got, she's made her sample in blue and green. So one sock has a blue cuff and a green foot and the other sock, uh, oh, and 
um, slightly blue toes. It looks like she's grafted the, the bit on her toe if she's starting top down um, with the blue. And the opposite for the other. So it's got a green leg and a blue foot. But what makes these really interesting is the heel. The heel in both of these is, um, it looks like a, a form of short row heel. And it's got a helix. So the colours are spiralling together so that the heel is made up of what looks like two rows of two rounds of one colour and then two rounds of another and they spiral round each other um, and finish actually at the main part of the heel so they are really nice and that's going to be a new technique I would have thought um, so it says here, I've always, this is what Jenny Stamen, who, who designed this pattern, has come up with. It's classed as an extra spicy, so don't be going and doing it when you're sleepy. I've always been especially fond of spiral motifs, and this his heel design was in my head long before I figured out how to do it. There are two main techniques you'll learn in doing this pattern. Four-strand helix heel with no ends to weave in where you cast on. Well, that sounds appealing, doesn't it? And then a basic heel-out sock construction. Oh. Heel out sock construction lends itself nicely to variations as well. Since it doesn't matter whether the foot is worked before or after the cuff, I did the foot first in sock one and the cuff first in sock two, resulting in a positive negative effect. Ah, that's how she's ended up with the matchy but not matchy socks. Now, I really, 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 the, I really like this. I've never even heard of heel out sock construction. Um, It's really, I find these really visually appealing, um, really visually appealing. And there's lots of really good um, graphics showing how to construct um, the cast on really clear using colours uh, and using all different colours of how, how you'll construct that cast on and wind up. So, um, ooh. Ooh, those could be something to do when I come back off my holidays. Those are really nice. I really like those. Um, yeah, really like those. So that's double helix. H-E-E-L-I-X. We'll have to have a look on Ravelry and see if anybody's done them. And see what they've done them in. Because um, I really like the colours that she's done them in. But, uh, you know, that's me because I'm a bit of a green greeny greeny person and then going on we've got um, Bosnian colourwork socks um, another set of socks called inlay with some um, inlaid work in the middle a couple of hats children's hats um, some long gloves with a cable fingerless mitts with a cable on and a button um, some mittens um, that have got um, a pattern that look like they're inspired by Morse code, she says here. So they are colour work patterns, um, traditional looking mittens um, with a ribbed cuff and then um, colour work patterns. Not a very sharp point, um, but they look rather nice, those. Um, and they are called Morse code and they are by um, designed by Kate Atherley. Um, so that's pretty much taken you through a lot of what's in 
um, nitty in the first fall issue. So if you haven't had a look, go and have a look, because there are some visually very appealing things in there, very much the kind of things that you'd expect to see from nitty, because they are um, given to that quirkiness, aren't they? That slightly different approach to something. So I'm really pleased with that. Now, onto something I really like. I had to laugh yesterday because yesterday I was catching up with Dr. Gemma over at Cognitive and her something I really like in episode 111 is exactly the same as my something I really like that I'd already planned to do and I'm still going to do it. Um, because last weekend, in readiness for my holiday, I went and spent my birthday money, which I've been sitting here and having not spent for a long time, on a Kindle. I don't particularly like the whole concept of ebooks. I am a real fan of books. I love the feel of a book, I love the smell of a book, I love turning the pages. But when I go on holiday, my husband invariably goes demented because of the number of books I pack. Now it's not quite as many as I used to pack before I started knitting again. Um, because then I would, it, it was not unknown for me to get through more than one paperback a day on holiday. Now that's a lot of books to cart around. It's bad enough when you're doing a week's holiday. When you're doing 11 days away like we're doing then it's it's getting a bit interminable. Um, so I decided that I would treat myself to a Kindle so that I literally take one thing away with me book-wise but it's got a lot of books on it because I'd already bought some things for the Kindle app on the iPhone. But the trouble with the iPhone trying to read that on that it is it's a really small screen. And so you're continually turning the page, which just gets to be a bind. Um, I really like the Kindle. It's got really nice face, actually. It's not glowy. It doesn't make my eyes hurt. It doesn't make my head hurt. Um, I've bought um, a jacket for it. I know. But, you know, might as well protect it. Um, which is in the kind of a hot pink canvas. Um, I, I dithered between that and the pistachio green but there was something quite appealing about the hot pink. Um, and I've got a little light for it as well so that I can read it if I wake up with the old jet lag at silly o'clock in the morning, which I'm prone to do. Um, I can read it without disturbing hubby. So I'm quite um, quite excited about that, really, having a bit of uh, uh, technology. I just hope that I don't actually end up flitting from book to book because I've got 17 or whatever in there and think I can. Um, but that's my something I really like. So, my Kindle. Now, mention the holidays again. Thank you for your suggestions about the yarn shop to go to in San Francisco. It turns out that Art Fibres, which a number of you have mentioned, is about two and a half blocks away from where we're staying in San Francisco. So guess where I'm going. Um, but also, Imagine It is literally on the... Well, it's not a... I'm trying to think what, it, what they call it. It's not the the BART. It's the um, the municipal transport system. It's on the, the J-line. So from outside my hotel... Well, from the, the nearest one from my hotel, I can just literally hop on there and go down to the district where Imagine It is as well. So I'm hoping to get both of them in, if I'm allowed. Um, but I reckon I could probably sneak in the one... Um, that's near our hotel quite easily. I know it only opens at 11, but it's open till 6, so I reckon I can sneak in that one quite comfortably um, before we I sort of drag him, you know, down on the J 
J train down to uh, imagine it. But thank you very much for all the people who made um, um, suggestions. Lassis, I think it's Lassis, not Lacis. Lassis was also suggested. I don't know if I'll get to that at all. Um, but thank you very, very much for all your suggestions. I'm so excited. Um, that I think I might burst, but I've got such a lot to do before I go. Um, so this may not get fully edited. Um, I do apologise if it's got a few ums and errs in it. Um, um, uh, 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 um, um, I'll try and get as many of them out as I can. Um, but I'm off on me hollies and I'm very excited. So I will speak to you when I get back. Thanks for listening. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com. Or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>